Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I am your host for today, Ryan Treasure, and we have a fantastic topic to talk about today. There, there's a lot of us I know that work in our, our everyday fields, our, our day-to-day jobs. Uh, some of us might be managers. Some of us might be you know C-level executives. Some of us may be middle managers, and some of us may be uh, just, the, uh, just the employees who keep all of the things operating. And I think with all of that, there's an understanding that we must all have in order to work together in an environment of collaboration and an environment where we can complete projects on time and we can grow and be the best people that we can be so the company can grow at an exceeding rate. And I have a great guest today to talk about just that. And my guest today, the author of the Leadership Toolbox and CEO of Sinusia, Vicki Brackett has spent her entire career leading small, medium, and Fortune 500 organizations through startup, turnaround, and and rapid growth scenarios. She specializes in the process of re-engineering and moving key performance indicators in the right direction up, all while increasing employee engagement and retention. Vicki, welcome to Finding Your Frequency. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking uh, time out of your day. Uh, as an operations guy myself, you being a COO, I know how busy we can get uh, operating a business and in any circumstance just takes a ton of effort, uh, a lot of attention to detail, and of course, a lot of interacting with your fellow employees, uh, people, and clients, right? Absolutely. I think so for the first thing I want to start off with this interview is just taking it back to kind of the beginning and you know we'll get into you know the book and all of the accolades and things that you've accomplished over time but I want to go to the beginning and and set the tone for the listeners so they get an understanding of you know where did this start for Vicky where did you uh, decide aha I have found my frequency I am going to help people start businesses help them make them successful uh, and ultimately lead to where you are today so start there and give us a little uh, a little story of that journey all right again thanks for having me Ryan well we go back about 20 plus years and I got a, a position um, directing um, um, an our organization about 600 people and on my first 45 minutes of work the CEO walked into my office and said, Vicki, I have a very special favor to ask you. And I said, sure, what can I do for you? And she said, I need you to hold your first paycheck. It won't clear the bank. And it wasn't like I was making a million dollars a month either, right? So I immediately thought, well, you fake it till you make it, right? My dad always taught me that. So I said, oh, you know, we'll work this out. Let's get this thing turned around. Because I knew they were sort of in, you know, in trouble. I felt I'd asked all the right questions. And so really it became taking some of the tools that I had learned from a mentor in my 20s and really just putting it on steroids and and building my leadership toolbox because right then and there, if we could make payroll, 
I looked at other numbers, you know, 90% annualized attrition, 25% people were not showing up at work every day. We were bleeding money. And so I, it's out of desperation that I went and I go to the people that know it the best. It's the frontline employees. I don't care what industry you're, you're in, they have the information. And I just sort of just went down out there into the different wings of the building. And I talked with them and I said, what's wrong? What do we need to do? And we put a plan of attack together. And what I really got juiced about then and how I found my frequency was that the people know the answer. And that's one of the tools in my leadership toolbox in my newest book. If you go to the front lines and you ask them what's wrong, they're going to tell you. And right then and there, I realized that as I went into company after company after company through my career, the executive team that hires me has absolutely no clue to really what's going on in the front lines. And I bridge that gap for them very quickly. And in most organizations, it's pretty much the same thing. Executives, there's a disconnect from what they see and they're looking at numbers versus what's going on with that customer frontline employee interaction. And there's a major disconnect between the two levels. By bridging that gap, I've been able to have huge, huge results in areas of attrition, um, absenteeism, customer service CSATs, um, sales, conversion, revenue, net profit. I mean, productivity up pretty much across the board, every place I've been. And it's because the passion that you pour into those front lines and those first line supervisors. And when it happens, it sort of flips things upside down. Instead of the, the pyramid with the CEO at the top, you flip it upside down and you let the people drive it. And you give them perimeters. And, and what happens is they have, a, they have a sense of their own destiny. They're now in charge. They're measuring everything themselves through pilot programs. And they're not gonna let it fail. And if it needs to be tweaked, they're going to be tweaked. So no ego involved. That's the beauty of using the tools is there's no ego involved. They become gaps instead of egos in people. And magic happens and that chain reaction starts. Wow, that's awesome. So that you, you really started that process when you found out, oh, I'm going to have to delay getting a paycheck knowing that this business is you know working on getting themselves back into the black. And you decided, hey, this is a great learning a learning time for me where I can take this information that I've learned and then apply it hopefully to the future. And then you've used that ongoing. When you go into all these companies, do you find that, you know, maybe 80 or 90% of the companies all have the same problem going on? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I don't, sometimes I don't even have to look at numbers. I mean, you just look at one sheet and you start asking questions and it's pretty much the same thing. And it goes back to that disconnect I was talking about. And I was very motivated at that job I just told you about because I had just gone through a divorce. I was a single mother with two teenagers. And it was like, do I leave and go find another job or just, you know, buckle down and make this work? It was like, where would I get the money the fastest? And that's what I chose to do was to stay and hunker down. And in 90 days, we had these huge successes that definitely impacted our bottom line. And yes, I was able to cash my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That was gonna be my next question is were yeah. you guys able to turn it around? Absolutely, yeah, I was self-motivated. And also I felt like, you know, I had given the CEO my word and failure's not an option. It's not if, but how. Yeah, I just had to figure it and out. You make and I use you make a really good point too on this particular item when you know you talk about flipping the pyramid upside down and letting the employees drive from from that respect 
Um, I, I have a unique position where uh, I'm not necessarily a C-level executive, but our company only has two C-level executives, the owner and the CEO, who are both partners in the business. And then I am kind of in the middle between uh, those guys and then our, our, our frontline people. And I see that all the time where, you know, our CEO who's been in this business for a long time, he knows a whole bunch of stuff about what you know, the industry is, he knows all about that, but you know, to go and, and you know, he doesn't know what radio show broadcast an hour ago or, you know, what, you know, maybe tech challenges we might've uh, had in the last couple of weeks, but our frontline guys do. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Anytime I need to know something, I go talk to those guys who are dealing with those things on a daily basis. Cause they have the most amount of information. And then also we made a change back in January where um, I took the middle manager out of the, out of that scenario. And instead of having a middle manager, that's managing six people and having two of those, I took all of them out and I took out the middle person completely and I said, okay, well, these things that they're responsible for and then we just divvied it up, like you said, with the pilot series and gave the power of those components back to the frontline persons and man, have I seen a wealth of change in the department over the last six months just because it seems like everybody's more accountable because they have more control and it was a very amazing uh, scene. Do you see large shifts in organizations that deploy a similar tactic, uh, maybe at the fortune 500 level that may, you know, uh, jump huge gains in profits, uh, for, for those larger companies. Absolutely. I took a fortune 500 company that had 400% annualized attrition and took it down to 75% annualized. And you're talking millions to their bottom line of gains. Wow. And just in that one KPI productivity also went up by 10%. So you're, you're, you're able to cause this chain reaction of, of events to happen with very little driving on your part. You probably weren't sweating bullets. You were down there talking, taking their ideas and letting them run with it. You were measuring it. And you see, it's, it becomes a sense of personal pride. And guess what? They're engaged. They show up. People on the other side, the frontline customer and their coworkers all feel it. And now everybody's in the boat rowing together instead of you in the middle of this plastic boat rowing and begging people to jump in with you and trying to get the rows into their hands. They're jumping in and they want to do it. Yeah. And I found that same thing where, you know, an employee who wasn't quite as engaged, you know, in the old system is a hundred percent more engaged in the new system. And it, all just has to do with that they have a little bit of control. They have a little bit of say of what's going on. They, you know, they have direct access to the customer rather than a middleman manager who's, you know, kind of controlling that conversation. And um, it's done a lot for our customer service too. Like they're these, the, the, these, these guys all have different relationships with the customers now um, that they didn't have before. And, you know, seeing all of that is just amazing. And I always, I always think back to, you know, like Richard Branson, who has a quote that, you know, basically says that, you know, you want to train all of your employees so good that they can leave, but treat them well enough that they don't want to. Um, and I think that, you know, in that idea of removing some of those barriers and giving them the control, that's giving them a level of training for, future leadership um, that you can't really get unless you're part of the everyday operation. You're exactly right. It builds their leadership mindset and their professional maturity. I actually have a checklist that I give um, companies um, and, and people when you're about to pitch a, an idea. This is for frontline people. You know, here are the X amount of questions to to ask yourself before you decide to pitch. You know, you might just throw the baby out with the bathwater and try something else. The beauty of what you did is by engaging your employees on the front lines, 
you're going to be able to get in front of the numbers before they show up on a spreadsheet. So think about this. You've got executives, and even in a Fortune, obviously, in a Fortune 500 company. They're looking at the numbers. When the numbers just start going down, they say, well, hey, Sue, or hey, Bob, you know, what's going on down there in such and such division? Well, they might give them a general idea of what's going on, but they really don't know. So they go to the next person. That person goes to the next person. Meanwhile, the number keeps sliding, right? So by the time they realize from the front lines what's wrong and it goes all the way back up to the chain and they decide to put the project management office on it or demand more reports, I mean, another week or two has gone by. Now the number's really going south. When you put a system together like you've just done with your employees, what happens is when they start even seeing something go south, they're raising their hand and saying, we've got a gap. There's no ego involved, right? Because it's gap, it's unemotional. And they can fix it and it'll affect the number before the people upstairs even know the number's going the wrong way. And if they can't fix it, they come to you immediately going, hey, I yes. tried to fix this already. Can you please help me? And, the, and Absolutely. The, yeah, I, I literally watched that happen yesterday, right? Uh, I, I'm watching the email strings go through for customer service, right? I, I monitor those through our ticketing system. I'm watching them and, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm going, all right, I may need to go talk to my employee, give him some advice on how the situation is unfolding so that way it can be handled properly. And I didn't even have to do that. He recognized the same thing that I recognized and came to my office to talk to me about it before I had a chance to get up and go talk to him. And for me, I was like, man, this is how this is supposed to work to give them the tools to empower, to go out and provide the best customer service. Um, because again, I, I wholeheartedly believe that you got to take care of your employees because if you're not taking care of them, they're not taking care of the customers. And so it's almost like a flipped of script from everything that we've ever, you, you know, been told when growing up where it's like, Oh, the customer is always right. The customer always goes first, but flip that upside down, put the employee first, take care of them. And ultimately the landslide takes care of the customer. You're, you're exactly right. So people say, you know, gee, Vicky, this just takes time. I mean, you could have barked an order, told them what needed to be done. You could have guessed, maybe you would have been right. Maybe you've been wrong, but you could have barked, but then you're doing damage control. So you spend the time either way on the front end, doing it the way you did it, taking the time to go talk to them and doing a reorg like you did in your organization or on the back end, when customers are screaming, numbers hit the spreadsheet upstairs and now you're doing damage control. And it that damage control emotionally affects the front lines. And that interaction between the front lines and the customer can be can deteriorate and can affect your revenue and your CSATs and everything else. So you spend the time either way. Why not, why not be proactive like you were? Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I, to be honest, this is something that I just kind of stumbled across. We got faced with a current situation and I was like, hey, well, we've never done this before. Why don't we try it this way? Because uh, again, I wholeheartedly believe that if you have an idea and the answer is, but we've always done it this way, then, well, we should probably do it something different. <laughs> probably right and so that's the kind of way that i looked at it and then listening to you speak it's and and listening to you talk about the leadership toolbox and some of those components it really fits the mold for uh some of those pieces that are successful but what what made you decide to write this book in the first place what what problem were you trying to solve that you hadn't already solved in your in your physical consultations with these companies you've worked with well, two reasons. One goes back to your frequency and what I wanted to do with my life. And I can only impact so many companies and organizations, you know, and there's thousands, millions of them around the world. The second piece is that CEOs and employees that have worked in my organizations for 20 plus years have said, Vic, you got to write this stuff down. This <laughs> stuff just works. And so I decided to do that. 
And the, the Leadership Toolbox has 50 case studies and stories, real life, that have happened to me and how I pulled them around using the tools. And they're used as building blocks. It's a very systematic approach, very super simple. Anybody, I've used them with high school students, college students, millennials, Gen Zs, Gen Xs, baby boomers. It works across the board, no matter what level on the corporate ladder you are. Oh, that's really cool. I am definitely going to have to get a copy of that book and check it out. Um, tell, tell the folks where they can get the book, the website, all those fun things, because I, I want to talk some more about this. But I also want people, and the, the listeners to know where they can find this amazing book. Oh, thanks so much, Ryan. Um, they can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, iBook. They can go in and order it in a bookstore. Um, the website is uh, theleadershiptoolbox.com. Um, and then I have information on my site. Vicky Brackett with two T's, vickybrackett.com. Yeah, and you guys have um, some social media stuff too. You're at Facebook at uh, Vicky Brackett Consultant uh, and then Twitter at Vicky Brackett. And then of course you're on LinkedIn, also Vicky Brackett, correct? That's correct. I've been doing uh, a lot of readers have written in questions and I'll do a two minute video and I'll put it out on the social media. Oh, I'm nice. mostly on LinkedIn. Yeah, are you guys doing all that stuff on your YouTube channel too, right? Um, I've put, I've put it out on the YouTube channel. I haven't promoted the YouTube channel at all, but mostly on LinkedIn. Oh, well, you're missing the millennials. That's very true. And Instagram <laughs> as well. I need to get on Instagram. We just got that started last week. That's funny. I was, I was talking to you before the interview, right. And uh, talking about the anniversary of voice America and us coming up on our 20 years. And, uh, we just recently actually added Instagram functionality to our platform like three months ago. So I, I feel you on, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting world to say the least, and it's little bite-sized bits. And that's another reason why the tools in the Leadership Toolbox are so easy, is they can digest them in a minute and a half, read a story, and they can go use it. Well, and you hit on something there too, because there's, there's a lot of challenges that are out there. The workforce right now is so broad. You could walk into a company right now and you could have, you could have a boomer, you could have a Gen Xer, you could have a millennial all in one building very easily. And I also think that um, uh, the other generation is 18 years old. I believe uh, Gen Z is now 18 years old as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Right. So then technically you could actually have four different generations in one building. And I know that uh, a boomer and a millennial are two very diverse. They are the yin and the yang of each other. Um, and so managing people, uh, just dealing with certain people on a day-to-day -day basis, depending on kind of that generational gap that you have, it changes how you deal with a baby boomer. How I would talk to a baby boomer is going to be much different than how I'm going to talk to, um, you know, like Harry, Harry is our, our, our intern for the summer and, you know, he's 19 years old and the way Harry communicates is much different than the way I communicate, uh, but at the same time, as a manager of people, as a leader, we've all got to figure out a way to best communicate with those people. And for me as a manager, that has by far been the biggest challenge is figuring out a way to have communication uh, that can be interpreted by that spread or that generational gap. So what are some tips that um, maybe the book talks about in, in, in providing some tools to navigate that type of a roadmap? Uh, great question. Um, one of the tools, and, and this is nothing new, but exactly how you use it, is, is the big picture tool. We're born to conquer, all the way from a toddler trying to crawl out of a playpen 
right? That, you know, they're trying to conquer the playpen all the way to, you know, as people move through school, they move into their adult life houses, relationships, you know, money, all of these things that people are trying to acquire. We're always trying to conquer something, even politically inside of a company. The leader, by, by really creating the vision, I'm not talking about a mission statement or what the business stands for. I'm talking about we're going to be the fastest growing radio talk show in America. We're going to be the fastest growing in X, or we're going to be number one in this industry or this region or in the country or in the globe. You know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, Microsoft, I mean, all these companies, people go to work for them because of this, they're excited because they're a part of something bigger than themselves. You can create that in a very small organization, number wise, by creating what you're trying to drive. Maybe it was this 20 year anniversary, maybe it's something else, but everybody gets behind that vision. It doesn't matter if you're a baby boomer or a Gen Z, you're going to want to drive toward that. And if you have a piece of that, you're gonna be able to conquer that goal. So as a leader, we need to keep that vision of where we're going in front of them. If it's social responsibility, whatever it happens to be, our carbon footprint, but you drive that in every single conversation, in emails and chats, and, and it always is tagged on, not as your, your little line under your email, but in your conversations. It becomes a fabric of sort of your DNA. And they start believing it. And when you start giving them these visions over and over, just not on a big board, I mean, just in talking with them, they actually will assimilate that information psych psychologically and their actions will give you the result you're looking for because of, psychologically they're driving toward. Can you give us an, ex give us, give us like an example scenario of, of, of that. Okay. Okay. Great question. So I ran this, this, um, um, uh, technical support organization. I was hired um, because uh, the client, a Fortune 50 company, was going to fire this outsourcer. So I had done work for this client before with various outsourcers, and so I was recommended. And I went in, and they were at you know 400% annualized attrition. They had lost millions of dollars um, in the first few months. People were disgruntled. People were quitting. People wouldn't show up to work. Some days, 30% wouldn't show up to work. So I really decided that we were going to be the number one company out of the other 32 vendors that supplied these services to this Fortune 50 company. And by the way, we were at the bottom and about to be fired. Within five months, we climbed to the number one spot. I'd love to tell you I put in new training programs. <laughs> I'd love to tell you our hiring got better. The bottom line is everybody got behind. We're going to be number one. They put it in their taglines. They talked about it in team meetings. And this is a 100% virtual organization that I ran. We grew it to over 2,000 people, and we were the top suppliers for this Fortune 50 company. And it was all because they got behind it. And it was interesting. So I'm going to fast forward four years. I went on a road trip while I was working with this, this, this company and I traveled across the country with my dog. Webster, uh, he's passed away, but he was a 105 pound Labradoodle. We traveled across the country. And as I, I did this, I met with my employees in Starbucks, one or two or 50 or a hundred at a hotel. I mean, we just, we trekked across the country and we met all these folks. They brought their parents, their, their siblings, their children out to see me. And what was interesting is these family members said, it's so nice to see my son work for the company that's now number one. It had even infiltrated their families. And that's what got us there. And I've done that every place I've ever gone. I took another organization where there were 16 vendors and we were number 14 in three and a half weeks we went to number one all because they wanted to be number one and i just said we can do it and here's how we're going to do it and they just they got on board it's wow. amazing what people will do when you get them in the boat and everyone's going the same way and they're excited 
Yeah, and, and, and that's awesome because, you know, we're Voice America and we're the leader in live internet talk radio, right? That there make, you go. That makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And we talk about that all the time and it's definitely part of our DNA. We talk about, you know, uh, when, when someone asks a question, I've, I've answered them a lot of times. It says, how can we be the leader in blank if we're not doing blank? Ryan, right? you hit the nail on the head. You've got them to believe that they're this part of this leading organization and their actions and the container that you've built with all of the systematic processes of going back to the people. And that's what they're doing. They're driving you forward and look at the results you've gotten. I never even looked at it that way, Vicki. Thank you. You, you, yeah, op you opened my eyes. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's fun to watch the light bulbs go off in their head. And these are, these are especially important, Ryan, when companies are growing. So let's say, for example, tomorrow you needed, you were going to double your organization or you were going to add more people. Do you have somebody ready to move into leadership? So when you're talking to companies that are scaling, we need to add a 300 people because it's Christmas, right? Uh, retail outlets, other types of organizations. Are, is your leadership bench ready? When you manage like you're managing right now and you're using a set of systematic tools, like in the leadership toolbox, your leadership bench is ready to scale because everybody's working on it. So they're driving performance, they're engaged, and they're deepening their leadership skills. So you're ready to scale. That's amazing. So Vicki, as you, you know, rub your crystal ball that you probably don't have in front of you, uh, what do you, what do you foresee for yourself in the future of leadership training for, you know, the next generation, you know, cause everybody's learning these tools and, uh, I've done a few radio shows this year where it seems like humanity as a whole has gotten a, a thirst for increasing knowledge and, uh, that that role that technology started when we had our you know the birth of the internet the birth of uh you know information overload and now that this information is available people are consuming it and they're learning and they're growing and they're becoming better people what do you think is a prediction of future leadership training that we need to start to identify now I think understanding the emotional capacity of every generation that comes and what they're looking for, because a Gen Z is very different than a millennial. And so it's understanding and getting in the head, basically the psyche of these folks and then adjusting the leadership style that you have. So it, it's conscious leadership. You're not just an automatic pilot. You're not just telling people what to do. You're understanding what makes them up. And if you want to know, you ask them. Again, the people know the answer. That's one of the tools in the toolbox. And how do you do that? And so ask them, they're going to tell you. It's not like it's a big secret. If you ask them, they'll tell you what they want. And then I always say, okay, how can I give that to you? So I don't just say, what, figure out, they tell me what they need and then I go back and figure it out. I say, okay, well, what does that look like? And why is that important? And how would you measure that? And what will it cost? And how will that affect our brand? And you start to get them trained in thinking more holistically and that's how I believe that we're going to be able to drive change. Um, and I think it's important. The world's changing and you have to, your team has to be ready to react to market conditions. I don't care what industry you're in. Wow, Vicki, I really, really appreciate you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Vicki Brackett, author of The Leadership Toolbox. Make sure you go check out the website, theleadershiptoolbox.com. Uh, Vicki, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Brian, for happy, having me and happy anniversary.
Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you being on. You guys are listening to Finding Your Frequency Talk Radio right here from voiceamerica.com, the leader in live internet talk radio. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or the hundred other applications that you can access podcasts, please make sure to drop us a little note. Leave us a uh, five-star review because five stars are better than four. And of course, we always want to hear from you on what kind of topics you want to hear about. Uh, so love to hear from the listeners audience you can always uh, drop us a line info at voiceamerica.com check us out on social media at radio ryan one at jeff spinney at voice america trn and of course the website findingafrequency.net stay tuned right here on finding a frequency and we'll bring you some more fantastic content right here from voiceamerica.com